0: Father we bless you once again this morning and commit this time unto your hands may your eternal spirit inspire, guide, expound explain and edify us in a godly way in Jesus name Amen I woke up this morning and uh, told the family, uh, <clears throat> "I'm gonna leave you behind. I'm gonna take a taxi." And uh, I asked our second daughter to book a Uber because I don't even know how to do it. So she booked a taxi. So I came with the taxi. It happens that the driver was a Muslim, and. Uh, we begin a very grown-up conversation, very kindly, because we have to be kind and I ask him a very simple question, who he thinks Jesus was. Well, I ask him if uh, he believes in Jesus, he says, yes I do, but I'm a Muslim. I say to him, so who, who is Jesus then for you? He says, he's a prophet. I said, okay. I said to him, in Islam, a prophet is someone who cannot lie. Is that true? He says, yes. I said, but Jesus said, I am, no one comes to the Father except from me. What do you think about that? He says to me, He was telling, Jesus was actually telling people that uh, if you do what I tell you, then you will get to the Father. I say yes, but he said no one comes to the Father except through me. What do you do with that? He says to me, "Why just like Noah who was calling people to enter the ark and people refused. So that's the same thing Jesus will say, I say, but... He said to me, I believe Jesus is a a prophet, but we don't believe he's the son of God. I said, well, he's a prophet, but he said he's the son of God. What do you do with that? He said, well, anyone in Africa, you can call anyone who is like your child, my son. In Africa, anyone who is like your dad, you call him my father. So he doesn't mean that he was particularly son. I say, okay. In terms of him showing people how to live and to please God in his humanity, with a sinless life, maybe you have a point. And then he says to me, in every religion there is a some truth because all religions teach that you have to do good to please God. I say that is true in every religion. But what is doing good because if I was brought up in a family where my dad taught me to do good, to be kind with people, that would mean that I have a comparative advantage to other people who did not have the same opportunity to do good and to be good, God will be unfair. If I've had a good teacher who has taught me at school how to be good, how to be kind, I will have a comparative advantage of people who did not have that opportunity. If I've been a fatherless and I grow in the streets, in a gang, then I have no chance to go to heaven because I will never, probably never do good. There is a problem. Can you see that? I said, then some people will have no hope of ever going to heaven. That's the reason why all the good things you're talking about God has fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus has done everything that is needed to go to heaven. Obviously, we all want to go to heaven, we all want to avoid hell. But God has done everything by sending His Son to die for us now. All you need to do is to believe in what God has done. You don't need to continue to fight yourself to tick the box and pray five times a day and this and that. That's impossible based on the example I've given to you. He kept quiet by that time we were already in the car park here. and he said to me, oh, "Is this the church? I say yes?" And he said, oh, I live near where I picked you up. I said, that's my place. And he asked for my phone number, and I give him, I say, thank you for your kindness and the discussion. Please call me so that we can continue talking, because we are called to be kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand why suddenly I wake up in the morning and took a taxi. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. His name is Noah. Understanding biblical discipleship part two today. Quick recap by way of introduction from last time. We analyzed, we looked at John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him If you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed. This is one of the clearest scriptures on the issue of discipleship with the key feature being not our length of time in the ministry, not our bi- biological age, not the soundness and volume of our biblical knowledge, not our position in the church, but abiding in His word. Again, that put everybody on the same level. Last time, I gave a definition of discipleship, gave some comparison of various movements, etc. I'm not going to go back to that. Let me just remind you a quick thing here. In the Bible, the word Christian is only mentioned three times in the New Testament. Against 256 times for the word disciple. I said disciples are not a category of new converts with special needs. All believers in Jesus Christ are His disciples, desiring to obey and follow Him and to abide in His word. There is now a category of people upon which we need to concentrate for discipleship. Everybody need to learn, to obey, and to follow Christ. I told you the other day that there is a trap. New converts to be disciples, mature believers. means mature believers did nothing. Now, everybody, Paul said, I'm still running. Everybody from the same hymn sheets to be taught by God. I found this word in Isaiah 8, verse 16, the word disciple, which means instructed, learned, taught taught diligently, skillfully. And then there is the same word in the New Testament, which means instruct, teach. When you compare the two meanings, it gives you that a disciple is a learner, but a diligent learner. A skillful learner. Someone who learn with a purpose. That word disciple. So you see, dear brethren, the word disciple is directly linked to learning. That's the reason why. In our main text today, which is Matthew 28, verse 20, 29 to 30, the Lord said, Make disciple and teach them To observe all things I have commanded you. You see, make disciples and teach them. In other words, teach the teachable. It's a tautology. Teach the teachable. A disciple is teachable. If you want another synonym of disciple, just say teachable. Take it from me. A disciple is a teachable person. A disciple of Jesus Christ is a teachable person from the doctrine of Christ. Because one can be a disciple of Gandhi, of Buddha, of Krishna, etc. But Jesus said, if you are my disciple, abide in my word. Christ's disciples abide in his words. 50 times in the New Testament, the word is used. Why is the word Christian so popular? I don't even know what Christian means this day. I struggle. I don't know. Someone asked me one day, uh, Are you a Christian? I said, Yes. He said, Of which brand? I said, Biblical brand. <laughs> So generally speaking, a disciple is someone who accepts and assists in the spreading of someone else's doctrine, such as the twelve disciples in the Gospel, who were commissioned to go and make, of all nations, make disciples, not Christians, disciples of Christ, and then baptize them And teach them to observe all things I have commanded you. I say that is the top priority on the agenda of biblical discipleship. Teach the followers of Jesus Christ all things he has commanded. No entertainment. Teach them to do what? Teach them to observe Carefully obey. If you abide in my word, you are my disciple. Indeed. You are truly my disciple. Vous êtes réellement, réellement, truly, actually, if you abide in my word. That's the only criteria. came across something in the book of Acts 19. The Bible says the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. That is in Ephesus where magic and witchcraft was widespread. But the word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit changed life. And people were leaving the temple of Artemis of the great Diana and coming to the church. But they were not sitting on the fence. Now, those who had been involved in occult and magic brought the books, mysticism, and brought and it was burned so that they can be free. It's not Christ and then something else. Christ, a bit of yoga, a bit of meditation, you know, because of calmness, and this and that, and now. Christ, 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 Christ alone, to the end. If you've known me. The Bible says we are not of those who withdraw themselves. The Sheep of the Lord are those who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They've tested Christ, everything else is growing dimmer every day. Amen. Christ, 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 until we see Him. Yeah. I was preaching uh, somewhere, somewhere, um, in Bridge Lane, uh, North London, and uh, when I finished, uh, the pastor said, Oh gee, bless the Lord, you've been preaching with passion. Now, I did not know what that means exactly. Was it a good thing or a bad thing? If you are convinced with something, you preach with passion. If you're not convinced, then you say, I guess. Mm, It could be probably. Like Dawkins when he speaks about evolution. It is most likely probable. Jesus said to Aaron, I have come to bear witness to the truth. Last time we mentioned the difference between a mentor, a mentor, and a spiritual father. Someone wrote this: that the purpose of a spiritual father is to raise up the new generation of believers by living as an example, teaching. And most importantly, modeling the image of God. Paul said, be my imitators as I am of Christ. This is a spiritual father. He does not just speak, but he does as well. His life must inspire the son or the daughter in Christ. Young people. Who are your spiritual father? Who is your spiritual father? Do you even have one, mm-hmm. or you just doing your own things in books, in YouTube, and, and 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 then you go? You know. I like this definition. A spiritual father works with a vision to prepare the next generation of the believers. It's a relay race. Is a relay, so the synchronization. Praise the Lord, we have a, a sport specialist here. You know, in the relay race, everything is important. The synchronization of the movement, the speed, everything is important in that type of race to win as a team. So we passing the. I am so blessed. When I see Harry, when I see Brian sitting there, you know, Brian has written, you know, emails of the story of this church, what happened, you know, when they were serving, I have all that. Maybe one day we'll write a book about that. Take advantage while we still have them here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't say I'm going to do my own thing, you know, I mean, no, no. Take advantage of the people God has put around you for a reason. Don't despise. I look at people playing music here, I cannot correct them, I don't know. I have no clue. I can only benefit from that. I can't. Because they've been called and given that. I can only be edified and benefit from that. Understand those things? discern the body of Christ. Don't say, I'm not listening. You know, I know my own thing. Let me make a digression here. I've never been challenged in my Christian life as a Bible teacher than the day I mentioned a man called John Piper from this pulpit. The level of challenge I had, Even if you had blasphemed Jesus Christ, you will not have that level of attacks. Everybody, did he actually say that? That's my favorite preacher. I said, but I've quoted, there it is. I don't know, I I listen to him every day. I listen to him, I am listening to the Bible. He did say that. He's the author of Christian hedonism. Go and check it out. I had online emails, here in the church, everybody... Did you dare say that? John, Piper? I said, Paul was pretty nice. Paul! Sorry, I don't mean to offend anyone, but... Uh, yeah. disciple followed Jesus. Okay, let's have a reading. Matthew twenty-eight. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority have been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and love. I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. Dear brother, do you want to be edified with really? If you want to be edified, be friends with those who love God. Be friend of those who invoke the name of God from a pure heart. (laughs) Sometimes I spend my time writing articles and Christian stuff from time to time. And some people, when I send them, the, the feedback they give is more than what I wrote. So I learn more from the way people react. And you can see the interest people have in the word of God. You know, some people, whatever you write, expect. Do you know this? Do you know this? How is it called? Emoji. That's that's all you get. You write three pages of exhortation, you get it. There's no time. There's no time. But they can send you video after video of Boris Johnson. The leads after this, you know what is happening in the. Which they spend time and time. You send them four pages of an exhortation. So carefully research Bible study. As you click, in one second, <laughs> <laughs> this, this person has not, read. has not read. No time, no time. It's all noise, noise. Far not people don't have time people don't no longer read the Bible. I've been told that even in the church itself, people say they are on the electronic, you know, the device, but from time to time, you know, the Instagram, what was that? Someone told me the kind of activity that is being done, you know, read the master, they jump and then they jump to Instagram and in the church. I asked our Fifth boy, a day when uh, he mess up on something, and I call him, and I say, why do you behave like that? Over the past week, you've been just acting up. Why do you do this? And there was tears there, and he looked at me and said, because I've been faking Christianity. I said, Already? I say already? I say, oh, thank you. You've realized now, some have been doing that for 50 years in the church. <laughs> it's hopeless. <laughs> Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. In this last chapter of the gospel according to Matthew, The risen Lord, Jesus Christ, commanded the eleven disciples to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. Now. This commandment has come to be known as the Great Commission, which is threefold. One, making disciples by preaching the gospel. Second, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And third, Teaching them to observe all things the Lord has commanded. That's the great commission. It's not just feeling good about doing things. now; it's more serious than that. She, this requires a careful planning, the leading and uh, the guiding and the inspiration from the Holy Spirit in order for everyone to play the role God has called them to do. Check out in the book of Acts and see what is happening. See what Paul is going outside when he's encountering and meeting demon-possessed people, Christ, the Bible says, Christ behind his word, confirming his word with them as they go, because they were appointed to that. The Christian ministry comes with salvation, comes with deliverance, from time to time, God allows people to be healed as well. It's all part of that work, they would say, Go and preach, heal the sick, because, because he is the one doing the work. Very important that we understand these things. In 2011, I found myself in a situation where I was in the Congo. And uh, my father-in-law was really ill. The very good doctor could do nothing, could do nothing. Almost ten couldn't eat. And I came, and everybody said, Oh, Guy is going to pray for our dad now. In Africa, you don't touch your father-in-law, you don't touch like this, you don't do that. But I'm supposed to lay my hand on him, what do I do then? What if it doesn't work? Because many people were unbelievers, what would happen? What would be the intended and unintended consequences? They know, I'm a Bible teacher, I'm a Christian. They know that. What they he in a lot in his health? Out of desperation, they say, oh, a Christian is passing here. I'm going to pray. I come in the morning and I find everybody sitting there waiting. Father-in-law is in the bedroom. He's there. Everybody's waiting. And I come already very tired. What do you do? Well, as Christians we find in a very difficult position. What do you do? How do you pray for your father-in-law? You don't go in your father-in-law's bedroom. Don't do that, in particular in Africa. But it's laying there, what do you do? Just trust the Lord and take everybody inside there and then uh, speak to Him and then uh, straight away ask Him if there was anything dodgy in His life, etc. Do you have any sorcery, any fetish, any magic, anything here that we need to deal with, etc. I'm saying in my father-in-law's bedroom. With his wife and all the grown up children older than me. He said to me now. I say, Okay. Speak to him words from the Lord. He said, Do you believe? He said, Yes. If you believe, then pray with me. We pray. I said to him, Jesus Christ came if you want. Raise you up. And I put my hands on them. This just like you. Simple, insignificant human being. In the name of Jesus. Put my hand there there and they're looking. What would happen? Simply pray. A short song. Pray for him with my hand on his head. And I say, Amen. I say, God bless you. The next day I take my plane. And I go. By the time I get here. They've already called their daughter here. Dad is eating. Dad is eating. And God has given him how many more years? I don't know how many. Etc. Friends, these things are not joke. We're not here to joke. These things work. It's the word of God. It's Christ. It's not us. What power, what wisdom do we have to do that? I'm sure you have plenty of testimony as well. As to the way the Lord has help you, raise other people through you, is God. So we are here to tell the believer, Christ said, in my name, you will cast out demons. You will heal the sick. You will proclaim repentance in his name. The believers need to know that. And there was a confrontation in the city of Ephesus and those who were of the devil here were, going, were coming this way. And as they were coming, they were burning the sauce with the magic and things. Wow. The people who wanted to keep them in bondage now realized that there was something bigger and more powerful and they wanted to buy the gift of God with money. The Holy Spirit dealt with them. God Almighty. where the golden coffin burning up. You see everything that is happening and everybody just lying into what is happening. Rebellion. But we, the people of God, we are here to pray. We are here to intercede just as the believer did in Ephesus and God was at work. We do from time to time organize time for prayer here you see, quite a lot the church this is not working this is not working we're not doing enough we're not okay That fine come half night prayer 18 people talk empty talk we don't do this we don't okay come every Tuesday we pray to see God 10 people what should we do just go through the motion and multiply activity to please people to please people to show that we are doing something we move moving for not with me at least, now, order, putting the right basis is important Then to move. God did so in the New Testament and then He was adding daily those who were being saved. The Word of God grew mightily and prevailed. There was order. People were together. They were breaking bread. They were praying. They were fellowshipping together. The Bible said they were two. Those who believed were together. Mm. A mark of a true believer. Mm. They love being with other believers. They love talking with other believers. They love the word of God. Well, we have some people, they are very zealous when they are with unbelievers. I'm telling you. They get so annoyed. The whole church is a mess. Everything is black, bad in the church. But you see the motivation, excitement when they are with the unbelief, I said, hmm. I hmm, hmm. question that. You know. you know, whenever they are with the believers, you know, they so sad, you know, they never smile, they never <laughs> you know, you know, but see them in a different setting. But you see other people, the minute they see a believer, hard, talking, God is good, they encourage one another, move forward. Hallmark of true discipleship. It's not all about me. It's also about others. Each other's need to prefer. How have you been brother? How is the Lord? And we move forward. Encouraging one another, loving one another. A good sister edified us in prayer, explaining us what love was by God's standard. You know, love is not a what's the word in English for caprice, what's caprice? Capricious, yeah, caprice, capriciousness. Yeah. Capriciousness, okay. Capricious, capricious. That's not love, you know, everybody attention seeker, I want everybody, they don't love me, no, no, no. We are not called just to love you, you call to love others too. <laughs> uh-huh. We call to carry each other's burden, not to load others. Everyone's responsibility as living stones moving forward biblical discipleship. So where are we? The Great Commission has three specific commands. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. This does not mean that every human on this planet will accept Christ. That's the kingdom dominionism. That's not true. That's not true. However, the preaching of the gospel by the preaching of the Gospel, disciples will see others being saved and following Jesus Christ out of every nation, tribe, people and tongue. In fact, Gospel means announcing, proclaiming, declaring, bringing good news. And what is the good news? John three sixty, as simple as that. It wasn't complicated in the Old in the New Testament, Sir, what shall I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. You and you. Simple. Simple. No wallet. No credit card involved. No. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 the gospel is called gospel of your salvation. There's no other way. There's no other way. That's the reason why it is the good news the gospel of salvation. It is also the power of God for those who believe. Now, secondly, baptize them. Baptism. Baptize them in the name of the Father, name of the Son, name of the Holy Spirit. Baptize is a command, it's not a suggestion. Every disciple must be. Okay. It's a command. It's a commandment. It's not optional. I feel nervous. No. <laughs> it's a commandment. Hmm. Well, we're not saved through baptism. We're saved by grace. And no. It's a commandment. Jesus himself had to travel a very long distance to get baptized. Hmm. To fulfill the law of God. And then he said to his disciples to be baptized. To give a public testimony. I'm not ashamed of Christ. I identify myself to Christ. In his burial and resurrection. And then in the newness of life. By his power. That baptism. The Church has the responsibility to stress on the need for believers to get baptized. Baptism is a public affirmation that God is our Father, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, who died and rose again, and that the Holy Spirit, the one who indwells, empowers and teaches us and convicts us. Blessed Trinity. 3. Teach them to observe all things have highlighted all things. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. The commission goes beyond preaching and making new converts of all nations. Disciples must be taught to obey all the commandments of Christ as found in the Bible. In Mark 12, 29-30, Mark twelve twenty nine to 30 the Lord said that the first commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. I call this top priority in biblical discipleship. Now, it is the responsibility of the church to teach the disciples to love God fully with all our being. And not to cuddle people on their back, yeah, you're doing pretty well. God is you know, God understands we are weak, it's okay. You know yeah. I remember someone who had committed adultery and he was confronted with a pastor and he looked at the pastor and he said the flesh is weak, you know. The flesh is weak. You see, the word of God being used to his own profit, his own advantage. The flesh is weak. So that's a lie. So you can go and sin, doesn't matter. You know, rather than repenting, remind God, the creator, how your flesh is weak is okay. Love God with all your heart. We were reminded this morning here, not a divided heart not worship money, not worship entertainment. Ah, A senior lady was sitting in an assembly when a pastor was teaching this thing, Say anything that is uh, loved above God is idolatry, is an idol. Oh, the old lady was so miserable and she said, Pastor, does that include your grandchildren? In Matthew 28 the word disciple is used five times, and it is interchangeable with the word brethren, therefore every believer is a disciple of Christ. The Bible also uses interchangeably the words such as saints, believers, brethren for disciples. The starting point in becoming Christ's disciple is to receive His words, repent from sins, and receive Jesus Christ as personal savior and lord a true disciple is by definition teachable he is diligent and skillful learner he loves abide and delight in the word of god in fact In Acts 2, 41-42, we read that those who gladly, notice gladly, those who gladly received the words were baptized. And they did what? And they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. Whole mark of true discipleship. They love being with other discipleship. It's not trouble-free, but we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We have the teaching of Jesus Christ that teaches us forbearance, forgiveness, loving one another. As a commandment, we have all those things. Because those things do not come naturally. That's why even his first disciple, he had to remind them love one another. It does not come naturally. If you are sitting there, I'm not love, I'm not love, I'm not love, that's the wrong way. I'm making a digression now. Let me talk about myself. you something about me but don't argue with me because I know my weaknesses more than you know them it was a waste of time <laughs> if you want more I can write them for you if that makes you feel good I can write them to you You'd be surprised how many there are you don't know any if you don't waste your time mm, no, there are so many you don't know them Oh, I pray that the Lord will give you more of my weaknesses so that you can pray for me. (laughs) Let's stop there. Continue. This seems to be the pattern for genuine discipleship in the Bible. Being together around the Word of God. Loving Jesus. Partaking to the Lord's Supper, praying, fellowshipping together, loving one another. All those things. Whole mark of discipleship. Christ's disciples love being together to praise and worship the Lord. I told you, the Bible says, warns us that uh, we need to be sober because our enemy, our adversary, the devil, He's going about like a roaring lion, I explained to you the other day, which you probably know already, the lion's tactics, the way the the lion operates. One of his preferred tactics is to isolate you from the group and fill you with so many philosophies. Now, true disciple, we come together. You know what? sharpening one another correcting one another you realize that it is important because we only know partly it can scratch it can frustrate but then you bring to the cross you understand you take the spiritual side of the correction and you continue we get discouraged some of you have spoken to them they are discouraged why? Continue. I said, Praise the Lord. You get the same? Get people come to me? I'm come. That's fine. Continue. Encouraging one another is important because we have the Word of God. God is called the Father of all comfort. He comforts us so that we may comfort other people who go through the same. Take advantage of the situation. Because then the Lord will use you when that situation occurs in someone's else's life, you will be able to support them. Mm. Learn, do not always flee away. We weep, we rejoice together. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If someone is being divisive, you need to be resisted. Do not be the channel through which the church will be destroyed. Do not. Discern what spirit is at work here. Gossiping all the time. Oh, that is not good. Discern. If the devil wants to destroy the church, not through the Bible says scandals may happen but woe well unto him through whom those things happen well we are human yes but if it's happened through me to destroy the church or someone else's life then I'm accountable to God yeah. believers comfort and support support one another as members of the household of God. You know that the Bible says that uh, we should do good to all men, to everybody. But first, thank you, praise the Lord, to those of the household of God. Some people don't do good to believe to other believers. But if you see them acting with the pagans and the unbelievers, the kind of love and appreciation they have for the believers is unbelievable. But when they look at the church, criticism, criticism, believers are hypocrites, believers are bad. I don't understand that. Saved by Jesus, with people who will spend eternity with in heaven. As we pray together, We begin to love each other. We understand each other's needs. We pray for one another. The reality of the body becomes real. And you suffer when one member suffers. And you rejoice when John Christopher passes his driving license. (laughs) Because we prayed with him, all of us. That's what I mean. The reality of the body of Christ, discerning, is important. We don't discern enough the body of Christ. Remember, Paul, soul of Cassus was going to persecute. the you? What did Jesus say? Soul, soul, why are you persecuting me? The church is the body of Christ. If you work against the church, you're working against Christ himself. The new life of the believers in Jesus Christ revolves around the desire to meet together around the Lord, for studying scripture, praying together, partaking the Lord's Supper. And having fellowship with one another, as well as loving and helping each other. Yesterday in the evening, uh, our third daughter came to me. I was standing in the kitchen. I feel, no, our third, our second came to me and said, "Are you teaching tomorrow in the church?" I say, "Yes." She said to me, "You seem a bit relaxed today, Dan. <laughs> At the time when you preach." I say, because I will be talking about the church, is easy. <laughs> I don't have research to do. I'm just researching the Bible. I don't need context. She said, oh, I understand. I said, I'll be talking about the church. I know what I'll be talking about. Discipleship is normal life in the church. She understood. We're talking about normal faith we need to live as Christians. No scholarship here. No scholasticism, just normal things. If these things are in us and they multiply in us, they will not leave us idle, lazy, now. There will always be work to do, including praying for one another. It's one thing to claim to be Christ's disciple, but it's another thing to be his disciple in deeds. The difference between the two is abiding in His Word with one accord and as Christ's disciples let us continue steadfastly in gathering in His name to serve and praise Him with gladness and simplicity in our hearts. The book of Acts has been rightly referred to as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. This book is pivotal In understanding what the church should look like. Its birth, its growth, and the spreading of the Christian faith. Why am I saying that? It's crucial. Because everybody look around and see what is called church today in this world. People are confused. Is this the church? How is the church supposed to look like? Well, go back to the beginning. Go back to the book of Acts. And see what the church is supposed to look like. The simple thing we're talking about here. There's no greed. There's no immorality. The fear of God came upon each soul. And the Lord was glorified. Was with them. Confirming his presence. Manifesting his power in the midst of them. Because he was exalted. When Christ is exalted, he draws people to himself. It is called... Godly edification. The Book of Acts is the historical link between the four Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, with the Epistle, is in the middle. In the Gospels, the Christian doctrine is taught. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Christian doctrine is taught. In the Book of Acts, the Christian doctrine is practiced. And in the Epistles, the Christian doctrine is explained fully. Crafted people we speak speaking new tongues, etc. You see that happening in the book of Acts without explanation and you get in the epistles then you have an explanation of how those things work. The gospel is sustained by four elements. The Old Testament prophecies, the historical resurrection of Jesus Christ, The apostolic testimony, because they were eyewitnesses, and the convincing power of the Holy Spirit. Very, very important to understand Old Testament prophecies. With the replacement theology, there is something quite dodgy coming now. Either they take all the Old Testament prophecies and apply them to the Church, or even to their own nations now. It points to Jesus Christ. Look for Jesus Christ in every page in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. In fact, when Peter and Stephen were preaching, there was no New Testament written. They were quoting David, everything from the Old Testament, and demonstrating that those things were foretelling about Jesus Christ. Let's do our final reading then. Act Chapter Two, Verse Forty One to Forty Seven. Act Two, Forty One to Forty Seven. Remember, we're talking about Biblical Discipleship. Act Two, Forty One to Forty Seven. Then then those who gladly received his words were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had needs. So continuing, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The church is a community of saved people who love Jesus it's not a place where blasphemers and unbelievers come to grow their influence now it's a place where Jesus is exalted by those who have known him those who are known to him those who are Filled with his spirit. Those who receive gladly his word. Love him and await his blessed appearing. Mm -hmm. That's the reason we are here. We're not here to cause trouble. We're not here for conflict or opinion. We're here for Jesus. All of us playing by the same rules. Those who gladly received the word were baptised. They continued together steadfastly. The fear of the Lord was upon every soul. Do you know what? Because that was the condition of the church, when a church is sanctified and there is the fear of God, if someone wants to divert and bring immorality or spread sin, God himself will intervene and do what needed to be done. That will happen when Hananiah and Sapphira wanted to bring lawlessness in a place where there was the fear of God. Do we want to see God at work? Let the fear of God be in our hearts. But this fear is not just uh, some sort of immature fear of God's punishment or guilt. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about reverence, obedience, labor of love, and service unto the Lord and unto his saints. That's what we call the fear of God. It's not the fear for punishment. That's for babies. Those who grow with Christ now, they look at God, they love him. And if he correct, they understand very quickly. They grow in the relationship with the Father. Those who believed were together. They continued daily with one accord in the temple. And the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. That's what the true Spirit-led Church of Jesus Christ should look like. A congregation of those who are saved... Disciples and genuine lovers of God who love his word and fully recognize the Lord's lordship and accept his headship as well as loving one another. If you abide in my word, says the Lord, you are my disciples indeed. Now, in the next church bulletin that will be available early next week, we've written something in there. Is called What's the Big Deal About the Gospel? Read that, it's in the next Bulletin. About discipleship, in last month Bulletin is still there. You can also read for your own study. May the Lord bless you for your patience. May you be encouraged and strengthened as we await from heaven. The blessed appearing of the Son of God Jesus. Let bow our head and pray. Loving Father, we bless you. We thank you that you have hidden these things to the wise of this world. But you have revealed, Lord, the secret of your life to those who love you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, sometimes we are embarrassed to be loved by you. But you are not embarrassed to love us. Mm. All we can do is receive by faith. And accept without a full understanding because we are unable to understand and to discern the fullness of your love for us. You could have decided, Lord, just to let us go, but you so love the world that you sent your only begotten Son to save us, Lord, that you may live with us forever. Such love we do not deserve. We can only bow down in adoration and count your many blessings and praise and bless your name. We thank you Lord for you send your Son to deliver us, to spare us from the wrath to come that we will not be go to hell but we will spend eternity with you. Oh Lord we remember that song that says in Jesus Christ in the Father's house in heaven We will see all the treasures we have for God on this earth. On that day we will dare to sit beside the King of Kings, Jerusalem, city of God. When will we see you? Strengthen us, Lord, we pray. As, Lord, lawlessness intensifies. You say in your word, because of the increase in lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. But Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who has poured into our hearts the love of God. We pray that, Lord, we may grow in the love of God and for one another. Help us, Lord, to discern the great commission, Lord. Lord, we pray that you raise amongst us genuine soul winners. And Lord, you qualify them and equip them, Lord, for the work of the ministry. We commit this church unto your holy hands. And as we depart, Lord, we pray that you be with each one of us. You strengthen us that we should look to you. As it is written, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made the heaven and the earth. He will not suffer. Thy foot to be moved. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we commit our lives to you. Faithful one and so unchanging. Bless each one of us. Raise us up, Lord. And for those who are unwell in their body, may you raise them up, Lord. And heal them by the power which by you able to subdue all things unto yourself. Lord, we pray for Jerome and his family. Pray for Felicia that, Lord, you continue to sustain her. To help her, Lord, until the delivery of the baby you have graciously given to them. We pray that, Lord, the delivery will happen in good condition, God. May you protect the mother and the baby and the family. We give you praise and glory. Father, we pray for Amanda, where she is at the moment. May you be with her, Lord, and protect her in the name of Jesus. Bless and protect the whole team, Lord, we pray. We give you praise and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. May God bless you.